song in my head. Sorry, I didn't plug my ears in. I can't hear nothing. There we go. Good morning. Sorry we're late. So we're going to worship the Lord. Say it every week. It's not a performance. We're just praising the Lord with you. So let's raise our voices. All number one Without you holding my hand 
Amen. You guys are sounding awesome this morning. Thanks, Ace. All right. Good morning. Boy, you got full in here. We had a lot of people come in last minute. All right. Glad you guys are here this morning. Let's go, Lord, in prayer, and then we'll uh, have our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, that we're here this morning, Lord, to worship you, to, to worship you in song and giving in by the preaching and teaching of your word today, Lord. And um, Lord, I, I just pray that you're with us today, and, and uh, everything we do today, we want to point people to you. We want to give you all the praise and you all the glory. It's in your name I do pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
We're going to turn the page on this. True. All right. Are you ready? All right. Let's worship Jesus. You may be seated this morning. So we got a little bit, just just an all clarity here and for everybody downstairs. We're having mic issues this morning. And if I do this, 
Well, now it's not doing it. Okay, I'm going to leave it alone, Dave. But if this thing cuts out, I, I, told, I told them I was going to throw the mic at the media team, but I can't really do that because I know we have people downstairs, so I'll grab one of those. So just bear with us this morning. we got some new mics ordered. Uh, here's announcements. Okay, big day today. At noon, so you'll have a little bit of time after morning service, but at noon, uh, if, you can, if you can help, be here at noon. We're going to be going and setting up at the park this afternoon, and we're having a big meal at the park. We're having our outreach this afternoon from 1 to 4. So if you would like to help, be here at noon. Uh, if you can't help with the setup, be there at 1 o'clock. Uh, Jody and Bridget are probably cooking enough food to feed a small army, I would say. Um, so, I don't know, they're probably cooking enough food for three, 400 people. So, come uh, and eat with us this afternoon uh, at the park, and we'll do that outreach. It's from 1 to 4. Mike, any other instructions on besides that? Pretty much it? Okay, perfect. So, just uh, be here ready for that. So, a couple of things, what we do throughout the week. Uh, on Wednesday nights, we have dinner at 6 o'clock every Wednesday night with one another, and then we have classes at 645. So our youth department usually has, I don't know, Joel and Shelly have been running 20 to 25 uh, youth. The kids department has 30 to 40 kids in children's department. They're like, yeah, we have 30 to 40 kids. You're supposed to be excited about it now, okay? <laughs> 30. If, if they give you problems, let me know, okay? No, <laughs> The Wednesday night, and then adult classes up here at 6.45. So uh, dinner at 6, all the classes start at 6.45. So if you don't come on Wednesday night, please come on Wednesday night. We have a great time with one another. Uh, we have grief share on Thursday night. So if you uh, uh, have, have someone that's experienced loss in their life, we have grief share from 6 to 8 here at the church every Thursday night. Uh, Monday nights, women's uh, Bible study at 6 p.m., uh, we also have another Bible study, ladies, every uh, Sunday night at 6. So ladies' Bible study tonight at 6. There is no men's Bible study tonight, but there is the ladies' Bible study uh, at 6 o'clock here at the church. Then I know Dana, they, there's some announcements about the Sierra's wedding shower, and I don't know what else, but they asked to come up here and speak this morning, so it gets me out of saying the wrong thing, I reckon, right? Jeannie just went downstairs. Well, she, 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 uh, she's smart. She just left you on the hook. <laughs> she just went to get sign-up sheets. So we have a lot of stuff going on. So the first thing is next. Just hold that thing up close to your mouth. There you I'm go. I'm really loud, though. Okay, so on um, Sunday next week, we have um, Sierra shower at our house. Oh, sorry, here. The guys are going to be going to our house. So women, we're here for Sierra shower. Um, if you don't have an invitation, just let me know. They're also online. And then after that, the boys, if you guys go to our house, they're going to be doing a barbecue for Kyle, and then there's going to be shooting. So bring your shotguns. Um, and Now, you're from shoot. California, so I need to clarify this. Okay. <laughs> We're shooting skeet, okay? We're having trap and skeet. So I know, I know. But I'm, I'm gonna, so if you think... You can outshoot us, bring your shotgun, and let's go. I normally don't go to wedding showers or baby showers, but hey, if we're shooting skeet, we're there. I don't care what kind of shower it is, right? So ladies are staying here for the actual shower. We're going to shoot guns. So, yeah. Did I do good on that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I sold that. 
Uh, it's on Turnbow Road. Just listen for shotgun shots, okay? <laughs> okay, so then um, the following Sunday is our Fall Fest. And Jeannie is just turning out a, um, there's a sign-up sheet here. We're having a chili cook-off and a soup cook-off. So, ladies, gentlemen, make your best chili or soup and bring it, and there's a sign-up sheet for that. And then, once again, we'll be doing the, um, the hay rides and all the other fun stuff. So, s'mores. Now, I'm pretty sure that last year the elders got to be the taste, the judges on this cook-off, right? Sure. <laughs> you see how I just got us into that, Max? Anybody Perfect. who wants to do it. Just All right. Jeff. So, so that that uh, that day that we have that fall uh, the fall fest, we are celebrating that day twenty years of Crossbridge. So twenty years of Crossbridge. If you have photos uh, that you would like, what what we're looking for is early photos um, of Crossbridge when it started. Um, so if you have any of those or have any photos of baptisms and whatnot, we're going to put together a about a five-minute slideshow for that morning. And then the first pastor who was ever at Crossbridge, the original pastor, Curtis, he lives in Kansas City now, he's going to be here that morning to, to preach the morning service. Uh, and then that afternoon we'll be going and having Fall Fest and chili and soup and all that other stuff we talked about So um, at Steve and Dana. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a busy month. But um, what else we got? November 12th is Thanksgiving dinner. Is Jeannie still in here or did she go back downstairs? Now, I'm in serious trouble over this. I'm just going to apologize from the pulpit because the 19th of November is when we originally had it scheduled, and that's Sierra's wedding. So Jeannie moved it to November 12th. Well, that's opening deer season weekend. And some of us are going to be up north shooting deer and not going to be here. So I may try to come down. Let's just don't hold me to it. You can Do what? November 5th? You guys want to move it up again? I mean, do you want to do that? I, I mean, there's just going to be a lot of guys out shooting guns, but I mean, you guys side. Move it. November 5th. We're going to have Thanksgiving early. Man, you weren't mad at me. They just moved it. Is there anything else on November 5th? Youth year seasons that weekend? No, I don't think it is, honestly. I think it's in October. November 5th it is. Man, this is a great church. If you're not a member of Crossbridge, join right now. All right. Ace. Ace. All right. A couple other last announcements. October 21st, uh, that's a Saturday, men's prayer breakfast. Michael leads those. Uh, it's the third Saturday of every month. Third Saturday of every month, uh, October 21st. Ladies' breakfast this week, Monday morning uh, at 8.30 a.m. at the Prickly Cactus. I think I got that down right. And anything else that I forgot? I think we're, yes, Mike. No women's Bible study tonight. So norm, Monday night, excuse me. No, no women's Bible study on Monday this week. So no women's Bible study on Monday this week. Anything else? Okay, we got through that. If you would stand this morning, we're going to get ready to worship and take up our morning offering so if you would, just bow your heads with me as we bless our morning offering today. Lord Jesus, again, we just come uh, before you, Lord, and 
We ask for your blessing this morning as we collect uh, the morning offering, Lord. I, I pray that uh, we, it is used to further your gospel on a local level, uh, all over our country and all over the world. Because everything we do, we want to point people to you. And as so, we worship this morning at song and by giving. Uh, Lord, we just point people to you and we love you. And we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. In your name I do pray. Amen. There's a grace when God is Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There's another in the fire and next to me. There's another. Should I ever need reminding how to be set free? There's a cross that bears no burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. I'm a I know I will never be alone. 
be alone There's another in the fire Standing next to me There'll be another in the water Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding How good you've been to me Count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be there's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the water holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminded how good you've been to me? Got the joy from every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. Got the joy from every battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be Count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Sorry guys, I lost my place in that song So this next song's really dear to my heart Because, uh, well, the words, man Words matter in songs, you know And he is worthy of it all No matter what junk I'm going through in life This song illuminates in my heart and it keeps me on a straight humble way you know because who am I serving me or God
Jeff's going to come preach to us. All right, if you would turn in your Bibles uh, to Genesis chapter 40. If you would, please remain standing. Let's honor God's word together. Genesis chapter 40. You guys have heard the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I just came down from announcements and mama wasn't happy. Because I made, she said, you made that shower more about you and Kyle shooting guns than you did Sierra shower. So here's the deal. Bail me out, ladies. Please come to the shower for Sierra. She's a servant of the church while we go shoot guns. Okay? (laughs) No. So the whole point is not a shower for Kyle. It's for Sierra, right? But we're still going to have fun shooting guns. Don't get me wrong. I mean, all right. Genesis 40, 8 through 23. Genesis 40, 8 through 23. It says, And they said to him, We have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph, and he said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand, in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember, remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing, but they should put me in the pit." When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the utmost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation. The three uh, three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all the servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker amongst the servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. 
but forgot him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for your word. Uh, and I have struggled this week uh, with this text and even into the next chapter, Lord. And I just pray this morning um, that it is not my opinion that goes forth, that it's your word, uh, Lord. And, and I pray that this will have an impact on someone that may be dealing with people trying to lead them astray or Satan getting into their head and, and uh, Lord, just messing with them. So I pray, Lord, today that you are glorified and you are honored. In your name I do pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so um, back into Genesis and uh, looking back at Joseph in chapter 40. Uh, last week, I always like to do a little bit of a review of what we talked about last week. And last week, we talked about the temptation that Joseph faced with Potiphar's wife. The, how he overcame that temptation. He agreed with God that it would be sin. And what did he exercise? He exercised self-control. That one, the one mistake, though, that we talked about was that Joseph wasn't above reproach. He went back into the home after he knew what Potiphar's wife was wanting. He put him in, uh, himself in a position to be accused. He went back in there alone with her, uh, and, and he really just put himself in a position to fail. And we must always put ourselves in positions of success when we want to succeed in self-control and honoring God. Uh, In our text today, we see that Joseph has now been put in prison, and he has interpreted the dreams of the chief baker and chief cupbearer. Also in the text, I didn't read the whole chapter, but in Genesis 41, 1 through 36, you're going to read about uh, Pharaoh having a dream and Joseph interpreting that dream. Uh, And the dream was there's going to be seven years of of ripe harvest and uh, bountiful, and and there's going to be tons of food and tons of crops, followed by seven years of famine that the world had never seen. And that if they wanted to survive the famine, they better stockpile uh, the food and the resources from the seven years of bountiful harvest. And Pharaoh decides at that time, well, there's nobody else that can interpret dreams. And these dreams are obviously from God. Uh, And so he appoints Joseph as the, the man to oversee all of Egypt. In fact, he's second in command to only Pharaoh. And he gives him his ring. And when Joseph walked around, people would bow to him. I mean, he was in charge of everything. And that's what the next chapter is about, about that dream that Pharaoh has. And so from the time that Joseph is sold into slavery, we talk about uh, he's about 17 years old, to the time he takes position in Pharaoh's court as kind of the chief guy, it's 13 years. So he's now 30 years old. So I can't imagine those 13 years had been extremely hard, uh, not only being sold into slavery, but most of that time is spent in prison for something he didn't even do. And so God's always with him. You see here uh, that God gives him the ability to interpret these dreams. So um, God uses dreams to put Joseph in a place of power again to benefit Israel to survive this major drought. And we'll talk about probably in the next few weeks how Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery now have to go back because of the drought and everybody across the world is going to Egypt to buy food because the famine is so severe. Uh, And and Joseph is now in this position of power and only Pharaoh holds uh, more power than him. And so he's 30 years old. Uh, It's been 13 years. But God is 
still with him and using him. And before I totally jump into this text, I, I, I want to be 100% completely transparent. I told our elders this. I have really struggled with this because I, I, I want um, to, to preach what the text says, but I also want it to be very relevant to your life. Uh, and I want to make sure I get the main theme of the text. And normally, I'll be honest with you, I don't struggle very much putting a sermon together. Uh, at times when I'm reading a text, it just kind of... Things come together, right? Well, this morning, it, it wasn't really like that. In fact, I spent Sunday school time reviewing my notes because I normally don't do that. Um, so if I butcher this today, Crossbridge, just forgive me, okay? Just give me a pass today, okay? Um, but I kept coming back to this one question in this text, uh, and it's very relevant for us today. Does God appear to people in dreams and visions today? And how do we discern whether it's God or not. So I wanted to back up and answer the first question. Uh, did God speak to people through dreams in, in Scripture? Absolutely he did. He did many times. Here's some examples. Uh, Abraham. I'm going to list some names and I'll list the text. I'll read the one about Abraham. Uh, if you can try to keep track going through here, you can. But here's the examples. Abraham in Genesis 15.1. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Here's some examples in the Old Testament. Abraham, Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20, Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, the chief cupbearer and baker, which we just read today in Genesis chapter 40, Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 21. Many of these people, the cupbearer, the baker, and Pharaoh, they're lost people. They're not even believers in God, and yet he appears to them. Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3. Here's some New Testament examples. Zechariah in Luke chapter 1. Joseph, the, the earthly father of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. And again in chapter 2 verse 13. Pilate's wife in Matthew chapter 27. Ananias in Acts chapter 9. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, Peter in Acts chapter 10, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 18, and again in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And then we have an entire book of the Bible that was written that was just a dream or a vision. That's the book of Revelation. So a whole bunch of examples throughout Scripture, uh, and it was a way that God absolutely communicated with people in the Bible times, he communicated with them through dreams and visions. And so we can't deny uh, that. So when I ask these questions, I'm going to give you what I believe is the best answer that I can give you this morning. But I want to make sure that we have an extreme level of discernment. That's going to be the main part of this sermon. Can God still give people visions today? Yeah, I think he could. Uh, does God give people visions today? Possibly. So we see he could, yes. Does he? Possibly. Should these be an ordinary occurrence that happen all the time? Probably not. No. Uh, I don't think we can ever put a limit on what God can do. Um, I, I have heard there are numerous uh, stories and examples of people in closed countries. When I say a closed country, a country where the gospel is not freely preached. In closed countries like in the Middle East, 
that have received dreams and visions and coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, do I know any of those personally? No, I don't. Just things that I've read. Uh, if God desires to communicate a message to someone, he can absolutely use whatever means he wants. And so I can't put God in a box this morning. Uh, and there are claims from all the time of people having dreams and visions. So it's not that we don't hear about claims of dreams and visions. It's what do we do with these claims and visions, uh, these, these claims of dreams and visions. What do we do with those? Well, I think the first thing, and I might spend a whole lot of time here, is recognize that it's possible. I listed a whole bunch of verses that showed that God used this method before. He have, he's used this method before during, during the Bible times. And we don't have any verses in Scripture saying that he can't do that today. So is it possible? Yes. But now here's the main meat and potatoes of this sermon. We better have some discernments. It is very uh, highly unlikely that everyone who says that God appeared to them or that they had a dream or a vision was someone that actually interacted with God. It is very highly unlikely. Here's an example. On a spring day in 1820, a young 14-year-old boy went to a grove of trees and asked God, what church is the true church? According to the young man, God the Father and Jesus, two distinct persons, appeared in a brightness, a bright light uh, of glory, defying all descriptions they appeared and spoke to him. According to the young man, the Lord told him that all the world's denominations were, that, that were believing were corrupt. They were corrupt and they had incorrect doctrines. And he was to await there for further instructions. So hearing that account, how would one discern what is from God and what is not? Was that from God or wasn't? What, what must we do, church, when you hear of someone saying that they've had a dream or a vision and God has spoke to them or God is leading them, what do we have to do? You have to test it against God's word. So that little, that little paragraph that I read, I want to test this morning as an example of how to do this against God's word. John, Because we know that God is never going to contradict himself. God is not a God of confusion. He is not going to contradict himself. He is not going to lead me into one truth and you into another truth. There is only one truth. There is only one. So John, how do I test that? I use God's word. John chapter 6 verse 46 says this. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. What does that tell me? That no one has seen the Father. No one has seen the Father except for who? Jesus. That's it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16 says this, Who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be the honor and eternal power. Speaking of the Father, he lives in unapproachable light that no one can see. So right off the bat, from this 14-year-old man's perspective, we have a problem, don't we? Because he said he saw Jesus and he saw the Father. What is that a contradiction of? God's Word. Here's the other contradiction. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. What this young man is saying is that for the first 1,800 years 
of the Christian church, they all got it wrong. All the other, all the early church leaders, everybody got it wrong. All, everyone's corrupted up until that point. And then, and then God's, God said, I'm going to show you the truth. Well, that would directly contradict Jesus' words. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words are not going to pass away. That was, that's a direct contradiction. So right away, we have a big problem with these young, this young man's story. He says he saw the Father. He didn't because no one's seen the Father. God's word is the ultimate authority. So if someone says they've received a dream or a vision and it doesn't line up with God's word, then you have to know that it can't be true. It can't be true. It can't be from God. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. Who is the 14-year-old? Anybody know? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church. Who did Joseph see? I want to tell you who Joseph saw. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen tells us, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. How do we know he didn't see the Father and Jesus? Because we know the Father's never been seen. And we know now what does the Mormon church teach? They teach that you can become a god one day. They teach in polytheism. They believe in multiple gods. That's a direct contradiction to what? God's word. But you can see very, very easily without biblical discernment, without going back to God's word and testing things by the word of God, we can very easily be led astray. In fact, church, you know the number one, one of the number one converts to Mormonism? You know where they come from? It's embarrassing, really. You know where they come from? Baptist church. The Baptist church. Baptists. You know why? You know why? Because many Baptists just don't even know what they believe or why they believe it. And they have no biblical discernment, even though they have the truth. They have the truth. They hear something, and man, that sounds really good. You know, Mormon church is great on taking care of families. They're a very conservative organization, very family-oriented. They love people. In fact, I, I love them. I mean, I'm not trying to talk bad about them. They're just believing in a false false religion but they are very very conservative they have stores across the west if you go to utah they have whole grocery stores set up to take care of people where you can go in there and shop for free i think that's pretty appealing right they take care of people but they're it's false if it's false so so back up here if someone were to say to you god told me god is leading me that i that it's okay that i'm having an affair on my spouse how would we know that that's a bunch of hogwash? Because God's word easily teaches against that. What about our current culture? Well, God told me that I could love whoever I wanted. That, that I, I, even though I was born a biological male, I want to become a female now. And God told me it's okay. How can we know that that's wrong? Because it's not in God's word. It's in direct contradiction of what God says. So what's the answer? We know that, we know that the truth of God's word, he's not going to tell us something that doesn't line up with his word. He's not going to tell you something that doesn't line up with his word. There's no, if it's a dream or a vision and it doesn't line up with God's word, then it's not of God. If God were to give a dream or a vision, it would completely line up with his word. 
Because God's word is the ultimate authority for Christian faith and practice. It is the ultimate authority. I heard someone say one time, and I don't remember who said this, but I, I put it in my notes. If you receive a dream or a vision that doesn't align with God's word, it's not of God. If it does align with God's word, then you really didn't need to receive it because we already have his word. There's truth in that. We should look for the answers here. Here. When we, when we, when we hear, hear about amazing miracles or amazing visions, if they are verified as true, we must then refocus our attention on the word of God. Only God's word is inerrant, infallible, and authoritative. That's it. No other dream or vision. I want, you to, I want to hammer this point really home. I want you to look and see what Jesus said about miracles. It's in Luke 16, 31. Luke 16, 31. He said this about miracles. Pretty amazing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus here, he says, He said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Who's he talking about Moses and the prophets? New Testament hadn't been written yet. So who's he talking about? He's talking about Old Testament. He's talking about the Torah. He's talking about the Old Testament writings. If you don't believe by reading God's word, you're not going to believe if a miracle's performed. Or a dream or a vision. You can add those into the, into the category. Jesus is saying if you don't listen to God, God's word, you won't even listen if someone rises from the dead. That's how authoritative he makes his word. In the cases of people that have been reported in Middle Eastern countries that have came to believing faith by a dream or a vision, it should cause us to praise God for the amazing ways that he works. But even in such cases, what has happened? The gospel is preached and shared. Even in those cases, our trust cannot be in dreams and visions, but in the authority of God's word. It has to be in that. Listen to what Paul says. Second, uh, excuse me, yes, Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What is scripture? It's breathed out by God. It is his words. The Bible is God's words. It's not man's interpretation or somebody's opinion. It literally is God's word. God's word is God-breathed. It's his word, so it's more reliable than a dream or a vision. That's what Paul's saying. I want to break down one other verse that I thought was very important for this message. 2 Peter 2.19. 2 Peter 2.19. It says this, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. Am I, am I going too fast? I want you to get there. 2 Peter 2.19. I hear pages turning. I can get on a roll and get too fast. 2 Peter 2.19. If you're just slow because you're not a Bible driller, be a Bible driller, okay? <laughs> hey, that's why we promote Bible drill. That's why we want the kids to learn God's word, right? Because it's the authority in their life. 
2 Peter 2.19. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Now this can be like, what in the world is he saying? So I want to break this down. The prophetic word here refers to what? The Old Testament. The Greek words for more fully confirmed and the way the original sentence structure was written in the Greek, what it means is that Peter is ranking Scripture over experience. He's saying you have a more sure word than any experience. And that's God's word. The prophetic word or Scripture is more complete more authoritative than anything that we can experience. That's what he's saying. So stop worrying about experiences and dreams or visions and trying to experience it. Hey, this is why, listen, I appreciate our worship team. Like I do, because we don't have smoke machines coming out the side. We're not trying to, I appreciate pulling the curtain because the sun was in my eyes there, right? But we don't try to dim the lights and set the mood. So you have the preacher talk real soft and like get you in, in, in some kind of mood to have some experience. We don't do that because that's not biblical. Don't worry about an experience or your feelings. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all things. Put our faith and trust in what this says about who Jesus is. So I want you to think about what Peter's saying in this verse. He's saying that God's word for us today is a more reliable verification about the teachings and person of Jesus Christ than genuine firsthand experiences of the apostles themselves. You have more of a sure word right there in your hands than even being an apostle walking with Jesus. Wow. Wow. You think about that. You think about that. You think about people who mock God by saying, well, if he'd just show himself to me, if he'd just show himself, I, I'd believe. He has. He has. He has. You, listen, I don't know how anybody could read this book and read about what Jesus did for them on the cross or hear that being preached and taught and not want to turn to him. That is more reliable than standing where the apostles did. The you do well to pay attention. What is Peter saying there? Now this is a word for us. Peter's saying they're going to be false teachers. They're going to be false teachers. And when there are, pay attention to what? God's word. Go back to God's word. I talked to you about who? We opened this. I talked to you about who? The 14-year-old boy named who? Joseph Smith, right? right? Joseph Smith came and he preached a message that everybody else has got it wrong and I have it figured out. In the 1800s, God's finally revealed the truth. And people, not knowing, not opening their word, followed lies. Followed lies. Listen, Jehovah's Witnesses did the same thing. Two weeks ago, we were down in Gainesville. What's the place? What was it called? Hooting and hollering or something? I don't know. We've had this deal on Fridays now. I take off work on Fridays, and we're we're. Go, I usually take Selena, and we go to these fall. We've been trying to hit some of these fall festivals, kind of like me and Mama's date day, I guess, right? And so we went down to Gainesville to hooting and hollering. And as we're walking in, I notice way across the street there somebody has a stand set up, and all I see is God and Jesus. 
And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go hit that stand on the way out. Because we were walking in. It was over there. I go, it was two, two older gentlemen sitting there. I'm like, I want to go see what that's about. So we walk in, and we spend, I don't know, an hour and a half or so. And we eat lunch. And on the way out, the girls were sleeping. I said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and start heading back because I want to talk to them dudes. Well, as I walk up, it's now two older ladies sitting there. And I just don't feel good about, I mean, I, you got to be careful. And I don't know. I but I walk up, and I see from 20 feet away, it says jw.org. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, and then I see I see it's two older ladies. And I'm like, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I, let, me, let me get after the older men, but the, the older ladies, you want to be respectful. So I decided as I'm walking up, I'm going to act really dumb, which is maybe wrong. I mean, I don't know. But I walk up, and I'm like, oh, well, tell me about your organization, and what do you have? And do you have anything about... When people die, where do they go to eternity? And these sweet old ladies, were, they're handing me pamphlets and stuff. And I'm like, well, how are you guys affiliated? Are you affiliated with the Baptist church over there? Oh, no, sir, we're not. As Jehovah's Witnesses. And so I asked them about their organization, and I knew all the answers, but they were very knowledgeable. Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses were started by a guy named Charles Taz Russell. And they have an organization now, a board, that they think gets visions from God. And they can change whatever doctrine they want. And they have their own Bible that's changed Colossians chapter 1 because they don't believe Jesus is God. They don't believe in the Trinity. I knew all those answers. Well, I'm having this great discussion with them. And Selena walks up and says, can I have the keys to the truck? And on her shirt, it says... I'm like Jesus. Jesus is written on the cross her shirt. I'm like Jesus. I'm this close to flipping tables or something on that t-shirt, right? <laughs> and I look at her like, yeah, here's the keys. And these ladies know like, something's up. This guy knows more than what he's telling me. I'm like, I get to the truck. I'm like, we could never be undercover officers because you just totally blew my cover. Totally blew my cover. So I took as much pamphlets and information from them as I could. You know why? I, I tried to clean out their little booth because I didn't want anyone else getting it because they're teaching a false gospel. But here's the thing. How does this tie in? You're like, well, Jeff, you're getting all over the place. Not really because here's what they do. They believe they hear a word from God and it's Satan, and they change the Bible. And if you hear somebody say, well, everybody else has gotten it all wrong since Jesus was here, and we're the only ones that get it right, you know what you have on your hands, folks? You have a cult. That's how David Koresh did what he did in Waco, Texas. You get a cult. And that's what starts to form. And you know how you figure out whether something's a cult or not? You just open God's Word. And you know it. And, th and this is what Peter's saying. He's saying in this verse, do well to pay attention. Pay attention. Because there are going to be people that say they received a word or a dream or a vision from God. And anytime you hear that today, you notice it doesn't happen too much anymore. Because we have the completion of God's word. And what he wants us to know is right here. Anytime you hear someone say, I had a dream or a vision, right then red flags better go off in your mind, in your heart. Okay, tell me about it. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not from God. And we have to be on guard against this. Now, I may have butchered, my fellow elders, the whole point of this text this morning, but I could not get over the fact of how many people are led astray by dreams and visions that aren't from God. 
when we have a more sure word. Listen, I'm closing right here. Test everything that you hear with what the Bible has to say. Test everything that you see with what the Bible has to say. And test everything that you read with what the Bible has to say. It is the ultimate authority, not experiences, not dreams, or not visions. That is the ultimate authority. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. I know this wasn't a normal, probably Jeff, normal sermon, but it's important. One of the jobs of, our, of your elders is to protect the flock. Our job is to protect. There are so many people that are led astray by this kind of stuff. Be on guard. Be watchful. And you know what? The easiest way to spot a fake is to know what? The truth. You ever seen any of those pawn shop shows? People bring stuff in all the time trying to pawn fakes. Right? Them guys so know what the real thing is, they can look at it for one second. And I would buy the fake. I would not know what I was looking at. But they can look at it and go, that's not right. This isn't right because this doesn't have this on it or whatever. If you know the truth, if you know the truth of this, you'll know when somebody's trying to sell you a fraud. So know the truth. Know the truth. Know the truth. We're about ready to take communion this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We, you, we don't require you to be a member of Crossbridge, just that you've made a public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are warned in Scripture. I read this every time. It's in 1 Corinthians 11. Whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. So here's the warning. If you're not, if you have never publicly professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't take communion this morning. Please, don't take communion. If you are living in rebellion against God, if you are living in open sin and rebellion against God, you have an opportunity to confess your sin before God. Not to me, to Him. Before you take communion. Turn from that sin. Turn from that. Agree with God about your sin. Turn from that before you take communion. You can come and do that as we have an invitation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your word. It is very challenging. It should challenge everybody in this room, including myself, to know the truth. Because ultimately your word tells us the truth will set you free. You said you were the truth. So, Lord, your word is truth. We should dig into that and want to know everything about you so we can spot when somebody's trying to lead us astray. So, Lord, I pray this morning this has challenged us not to look to our own personal experiences, not to look to dreams or visions or what somebody else has said they've experienced, but to look to the truth of what your word says. That is never going to lead us astray. Lord, we love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
to be seated this morning if our elders would come. We are uh, going to take communion with one another. I want to remind you, you don't have to be a member here uh, to take communion with us. We will pass it out and take it together. Um, we, we find uh, this is one of the ordinances of the local church, uh, the other one being baptism. So it's very, very uh, extremely important this morning. It is for the brothers and sisters. Uh, we, we, start, we see in Scripture where Jesus uh, commanded this. It's in Matthew chapter 26. They were celebrating Passover. It says this, As they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup, and he went given thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So he instituted this to remember his death on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. We're supposed to look forward to when Christ comes back uh, for the church. But we should remember this. It should not be the only time, uh, church, that we remember his death for us. That should be a central theme of everything that we do at this church, that we remember his death, burial, and resurrection. So I'm going to ask Alan this morning if you would please bless the bread. Our holy heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for this day. and Father, we thank you so much for this time that we can remember what you did for us on that cross through your Son. As his body was broken for us, Father, as we take this bread, Father, help us to remember that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we take, uh, pass this out today, just please spend time in quiet reflection and prayer. Thanking the Lord for what he did for you on the cross.
Body, take you and eat. And he took the cup and he blessed it. Someone asked Max if you would please bless the cup this morning. Our Father in heaven, we just thank you so much that you spared not your son and, and he shed his blood on that cross for our sin that, that put him up there. And we just want to never take that for granted and give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, this is my blood. Take ye and drink. It says they went out, Scripture tells us that they went out rejoicing and singing. So as we leave here this morning, if you would stand, we're going to dismiss by song. I heard no Thank you.